You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Thank you, God. Thank you, Sony, for that word and for praying for us. Um, it's so true that the Psalms, not just Psalm 23 like we've been studying, but... So many of the psalms are these like cries for help, like God, God help us, and then they're, and then like often like the second half shows like how the person is like meeting, how God is meeting the person through their prayer, and how God is actually helping them. So it always encourages me that we too can like cry out like that. So we have been studying Psalm 23, uh, like Sony is saying. Um, which is all about a shepherd, how a shepherd cares for their sheep. And also, like Sony said, we're learning about sheep. Um, I, I'm, I'm studying like the writings of actual shepherds so that I can learn more like about the nature of sheep so that, I can under, so that we can understand more about what Jesus is offering to us in this metaphor of being our good shepherd. Like, what does that actually mean for us because because we're we're not actually sheep right we're human beings but god is saying we're like sheep in particular ways and he and god can be like our good shepherd so what kind of what kind of comfort what kind of nurture and care can we receive from that and last week we discovered that um the audience changes about halfway through this psalm just like so many other psalms um and I have it up there for us. Thank you, Ashley. In the first half, it's like the writer is talking about their good shepherd, you know, telling, maybe like telling the other sheep how great their shepherd is. And then the second half, the language changes and suddenly the writer is talking directly to God. And I think it's really interesting that that happens in the darkest valley. Mm-hmm. It happens in the hard place often that we, we, we start praying, God, will you help me? And instead of talking about God, we're suddenly trying to relate to God. And I hope that's always what we try to do as a church together. I hope we always kind of err on that side, not just like learning kind of like theoretical stuff about God, but actually like relating to God like a friend. Um, like a helper, like a shepherd. And that's what the psalmist is doing here. Um, And according to the life of shepherds and sheep, that valley is um, the way up into the highlands of summer. So this is that, this valley we're learning is like necessary for the sheep to get to the green grass and the the actual water um, and the cooler, you know, the shade, the cooler temperatures during the summer. In almost all the parts of the world where sheep are raised, they'll go on this journey at the beginning of, the shepherd will take the sheep on a journey at the beginning of summer, often on, onto some like difficult paths to get to some higher elevation where they can have the nourishment that they need. And so we were thinking last week about how um, the hard path is sometimes the, the only way through 
to the deeper nourishment. The sheep need to be moved um, up to the fresh grass and water and shade that is available on the higher ground. And so where the shepherd is trying to take them are the mesas. So we can't see it in this picture. Um, yeah, you, this is, these are the words we're gonna look at today. You prepare a table or a mesa before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. We wanna focus on these lines today. Um, and, and so we couldn't see it in that, in that picture of the mountains, but often those, those steep paths lead up to a plateau where there's some grass growing on a flat land. Uh, and the word, the Spanish word mesa actually means table. And in Swahili, um, mesa means table as well. And so the shepherds that I was reading about interpret this line, this table in the psalm as like that, that high flat ground after the steep path where the grass might be growing. And so when I thought of this table land that our shepherd God is trying to lead us to, I immediately thought of the Scottish Highlands and specifically Sky Island that I really want to go to. And I know that sheep love it here on Sky Island. I wanted to show you a picture. Doesn't that look amazing? Um, I wish we could all take a trip to Sky Island right now. Maybe we kind of can in our mind. But this is a, this is a plateau land and sheep love it in the Scottish Highlands and especially on this island because the, there's pools of water up there like you can see, there's green grass lots of nourishment for the sheep. But the psalmist writes that God prepares a table for us. The table just doesn't like arrive there like, like it looks like on Sky Island. The, uh, the God prepares a table and I learned that shepherds actually prepare these mesa, these table lands for the sheep too. In the off season, um, so in the autumn, winter, and spring, they go up onto these tablelands. They're not all as beautiful and dramatic as Sky Island. But, um, and they, they prepare the land for the summer months that the sheep will be there, and it's a lot of hard work. They go up and they, they get rid of poisonous plants that, they're, that are growing, and um, they look for what kind of predators are in the area. They, they clean out the waterways. So the land, these, these tablelands need to be prepared. Um, for example, these white camma flowers, which are a kind of lily, um, not the blue ones on this next slide, but the white ones are really poisonous. If sheep nibble on them, which they love to do, um, they, it will paralyze them and they will die. And so the, the shepherd has to go up in the off season and try to look for poisonous plants like these lovely flowers and dig them out by the roots so that the sheep will not nibble on them. And, um, you know, with all, with all of these examples from the shepherd that we're talking about over these past few weeks, I'm not really spelling out um, like 
the connection, all the connections that we could make to our lives. Because I'm hoping that the spirit speaks to you. Like, I don't know what the white camas in your life are, but I'm sure that the spirit has has spoken to you about what those are. Those those like nice looking things that are that are actually aren't nourishing for you. Um, and so I hope you can kind of listen, even as I blabber on about Psalm 23 in these meetings, I hope you can listen to God speaking to you about what, what the connections are for you, um, your shepherd with you in your mind, um, kind, of, kind of showing you. I think we kind of learn through trial and error, most of us, like what's actually, what are the things out there that we might be drawn to that's not good for us. And obviously the, the implication is that life in a closer relationship with our shepherd will give us the, uh, the wisdom and the capacity to, to focus instead on the, the food that is nourishing for us and, and even that the shepherd is preparing, that he's setting that table, that he's, he's filling up the field for us with, with stuff that we can eat. Another thing that the shepherd does to prepare the table for the flock is to clear out the waterways and the springs that get clogged up through the, um, the other three seasons of the year. Um, they get clogged up. Even the, the really clean, beautiful springs like this get clogged up with twigs and um, leaves. And so the shepherd goes in and he and he clears out what's, what's growing in there so that the, the sheep will be able, so that he can like make some earthen dams of still water that the sheep won't be scared to drink and that they can drink from. All of this is preparing the table. God gives us, keeps giving this picture of a shepherd who actually is setting the table for us food spirit, with spiritual food that we can eat. I was thinking when I looked at that picture that my father-in-law actually broke his neck trying to uh, clear out a spring, a mountain spring like this for um, their hunting cabin. And he's okay now, thank God. But it was like, it just goes to show like the hard work of, of doing this, this work of shepherding, shepherding and providing um, for others. It's hard and risky work, and that's the picture we have of Jesus on our behalf. And I don't know about you, but I need, I need the shepherd's help with, um, you know, clearing out things I shouldn't be investing in, clearing out the waterways. Um, my access to the living water does get clogged up with my worries um, and the latest problems of the day. And then I'm often likely to assume in those moments of worry, I, I start acting like there is no water. And, you know, maybe I should just go and nibble on, you know, whatever's out there. And so I need the shepherd to prepare the table. I think we, we have an opportunity right now in our church to make a new table together. And... Um, with what the shepherd is giving us. And that feels really exciting to me. Um, 
you know, I think it, we, we want to get even beyond some of the traditions and ruts that we've been in as a people to make a table together that's truly welcoming to all because it's made by all of us. And that's the offering that Jesus makes to us in his body. And, and we want to go after it this year because it's a really abundant table, kind of like that beautiful mesa on Sky Island. I keep, keep putting it in the slides because I couldn't stop looking at it. Um, and what we're talking about here in this picture is a life in the spirit. And I know this is like a mysterious thing, and pastors probably always, you know, say it, and it's like, well, what does that actually mean? And so I want to try to get into it with you. What is this life in the spirit that Jesus is talking about and that the psalmist seems to be alluding to? Like, you know, I usually don't feel like I'm living, when I walk down the street in Philadelphia, I don't feel like I'm on top of the, the mesa of Sky Island. So what is, what is this? Um, it's a mystery in many ways, but Jesus was clear with those who asked him, th those who are really seeking. Jesus was really clear that the Spirit is for everyone who believes in him as the Son of God. Everyone who believes in him as the Son of God, who came not to condemn the world, but to save it. And I know that that just sounds too easy um, so I want to get into what that means by belief, but let's let, show us that pic, Henry Asawa Tanner's um, painting of, of Jesus there with Nicodemus. You know, one of the religious leaders came to Jesus at night because he was embarrassed by this question about like, what, what is Jesus actually talking about? He, he felt like he should know already. And Claire brought us this picture to our temple cell recently. Um, and I love that it's dark and there, you know, all the blues in the picture because it is a mystery. And we are sometimes embarrassed that we like don't know, we don't know how to do this. But I think, I think the idea is we're, we're not, Jesus knows we don't know. We're not supposed to know. We're supposed to come seeking him and asking him like Nicodemus was on that night on a rooftop. And I think what Jesus is saying is so encouraging even though it is mysterious um he's saying this this really simple truth <laughs> no one can enter the kingdom of god unless they're born of water and the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh kind of like sony was saying we have we all have natural parents but spirit gives birth to spirit this is a second birth that God is inviting us into. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. I added those exclamation points, but I think Jesus might have been saying it like that. Um, and so I want to pause for a moment and consider what Jesus means by believe. Because it, do, it does sound too easy, doesn't it? And especially like in our, in our modern understanding of that word, we think of it 
um, we think of it in simpler ways than than um, than in the ancient world. Like we, I might say, like I believe this meeting is going to end in half an hour. That's kind of a hopeful, aspirational type belief. Or I might say, like I believe the world is round. It's kind of an intellectual ascent, right? Because I've never actually seen the whole world at one time and the shape of it. But what, what, the, what the writers of the scripture are saying is a little bit bigger by belief. They, uh, the, the Hebrew word, amuna, means not just faith, but faithfulness. So like a whole life of like reliance, a commitment to seeking God. And uh, the, the word that the apostles used in the Greek who, who you know, rewrote what Jesus was saying there, um, they used a word that um, means more like trust and again, it's this like commitment. It's this long-term commitment to dependence and reliance on God. And so belief isn't just this thing. When Jesus is saying, all you have to do is believe in me, it is that simple. And, it's, and yet it's a daily choice to seek and to trust. Not, not in ourselves and our own goodness, but in one who is greater than us and in us. Putting all our eggs, it, it's, it's like we're, we're invited to a whole new way of being that puts all our eggs in the God basket. And so it's, it's really, Jesus isn't just making a theological point here. Um, he isn't talking about religion. He is really talking about like a whole life of seeking God and trusting God, expecting God to show up in all things, choosing to turn to God over and over again in all that we need. And so the ongoing nature of the spiritual life is really sticking out to me here, like even in the Psalm, um, because even these beautiful moments in the, the highlands of, of uh, Scotland, they, they are not free of the presence of enemies. If you remember going back to Psalm 23, so you know the sheep are in this lovely moment with the shepherd where they're close to the shepherd, the shepherd is giving them everything that they need. Even in that moment though, there are enemies present and I think that's how, that's how our lives are too, right? Even in our like best times, our most like victorious, like on top of the world kind of times, it's not like we don't have trouble. And for the sheep, um, you know, even in the sum, these summer moments with this lovely green grass and water, they have predators. There are coyotes and wolves and bears and especially flies. Flies are like the greatest enemy of the sheep. And I think it's interesting that they're so tiny, but they can cause such problems. And I think this, these are like, we can, I can compare them to the things that get big in my own mind as problems. They may not seem actually big 
to anybody else, but they are. They can be very harmful to us. Um, and that's why, and they're especially present in the summer, in this glorious, lovely time in the highlands. And that's why the psalmist says, you anoint my head with oil. Because it's expressly in the midst of this most beautiful time and place, like when the Eagles are headed to the Super Bowl, <laughs> that we can be afflicted by our worst enemies. And so you might remember from a few weeks ago that sheep, um, all kinds of different flies love to plant their, their eggs like in sheep's noses. And if this happens, sheep like have been known to like literally beat their heads on anything that they can like even to the point of death um they will like kill themselves trying to like have some relief from the pestilence like literally in their own mind and um to prevent this a good shepherd will put an oily mixture of like herbs on the sheep's face not once or twice but every day, if needed, to protect the sheep from this infestation. And um, another way that oil on the heads is really useful to sheep is um, in mating season, the rams are known to butt heads and fight each other, you know, for the attention of the ewes. And so, um, and they will often kill each other too. Uh, you know, fighting it out like that. And so if the shepherd puts like greases up their heads, they, they bounce off each other and they, they kind of like back up, like kind of like in a startled way. They can't hurt each other too badly if their heads are all greasy. And um, so this is the shepherd's anointing the sheep's head is the shepherd's way of protecting them and providing for them. And I think similarly, the Holy Spirit can help us not to get all internally jammed up by life's real, very real threats and irritations, just like these flies are real. Um, the Spirit, the oil, that oil of the Spirit can help us not get ruined by the threats and irritations and perhaps bids from others to compete with us. The Spirit can help us to process those situations for what they are as irritations instead of letting them destroy us. But again, we need a regular application. Just, need, just like the sheep need this application, not just once, but sometimes shepherds will even dip. They'll get big tanks and they'll dip the whole sheep a couple times a year in this, in this oily solution to keep the pestilence away. So what does that, what does that regular application of, of the spirit look like for us? It, it's, it's, I can't answer that in one way because it, it's gonna look different for each of us to relate to God on the regular. For me, it involves, it involves some pausing in the morning through prayer, and I don't like to pause. I like to jump right into what needs to be done, because it really needs to be done. Um, but I'm way better off if I ask 
God some questions. And if I take some moments of quiet stillness and I, and I ask God to help me, first thing, search me. Help me, help me tune into what's going on with me, God. Help me even feel what I'm feeling. Reading scripture reminds me of what God has done in the past so I can maybe imagine what God could do now. Listening to others in the body gives me reason to ask the spirit for more love, for justice in the world, for help and for capacity and provision in specific ways, like according to the needs of, of one another. We, can a we ask on each other's behalf. And she really does help us, like Sony was saying, making connections beyond what we could make ourselves. So I wanna pass around some lavender oil for you, um, if you want, to give yourself a little anointing as we, as we worship. And I'm laughing because this is in uh, the olive oil container that I cook with. Um, but it's not olive oil, it is some nice herby lavender oil. Um, and if you're really feeling brave, you could ask a neighbor to kind of, uh, to do it for you. Put a little dot on your hand or your forehead, wherever you want, um, to remind yourself. This, this, this little anointing that we have an opportunity to do here is just a symbol. It's a reminder that God is with you, like Sony was saying. All the, that's the main message of the Bible. Don't be afraid. God is with you. You are not alone. And I think, I think the anointing too, if I'm thinking about Jesus and that, that moment with Nicodemus, the anointing is that um, when you believe in Christ, this power of God is yours to help and provide for you and for others. And, and it's not just for others, it's for you. And not, not just for like five years ago when you had that like real epic spiritual experience and you felt better about your life, or it's not just for five years into the future when you think you might be able to have all the answers and, and get it together. It's for right now. It's for your questions right now and your well-being right now. It's for your forgiveness right now, your capacity to forgive others which I think is always a miracle from the Spirit, not, not necessarily something we can do on our own. It's a, it's a gift that we receive, and the Spirit is happy to give it to us. And this is how our cup runs over. Um, this is the last part of the psalm for our week, and just what I want to leave you with. Um, the concept of overflow is like more than we can hold, right? If you can picture a cup running over it like it is there. Um, that's the whole idea with the Holy Spirit. Like it's more, Sony often says God is limitless. It, it's more than we can contain ourselves. It's designed to be shared. And it connects us to, to one another in more ways than we can even understand or explain. Um, so let's pass the bottle around as we worship.
just take a little drop or ask your neighbor to put it on you if you want to. Let's pray together as the team comes. Jesus, just like the apostle said, um, just as we bear suffering with you, so your comfort overflows in us. And we ask that you'd give us a taste of that to meet us where we suffer, to show us that you are enough, that we are enough in you. Thank you for this time together. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.